This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Fashionistas in Los Angeles were invited to a private launch party for a new Italian shoe designer, Bruno Pelesi. Pelesi sounds familiar, right? P-A-L-E-S-S-I. Only when these style influencers were about to pay hundreds of dollars for what they thought was fancy footwear, they discovered they had been pranked. Discount retailer Payless Shoes pulled off this marketing ploy, and these shoes were actually the ones you would find for a fraction of the price at their own stores. The idea came from a Brooklyn marketing company who specializes in what they call culture hacking. After making the purchase, shoppers were taken into the back room where they were told the truth and then given the shoes for free. Though this was meant to draw attention to Payless Shoes, it may also say something about customer perceptions. Barbara Kahn is professor of marketing here at the Wharton School, and you also hear as co-host of Marketing Matters every week here on Sirius XM 132. She joins us here on the uh, on the phone. And also joining us, Ludovico Cesario, who's an assistant professor of marketing at Lehigh University. Barbara, Ludovica, great to catch up with you both. Thank you both. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It is, Barbara, to say the least, an interesting marketing idea by Payless and by this marketing company. Uh, How effective do you think it was for the company? Well, for sure, it got news. It was newsworthy and it was covered everywhere. I can't tell you how many emails I got from my friends all over the place (laughs) talking about this prank. So as a brand awareness thing, it was terrific. I mean, it does make us question some of the different values of luxury. I I do not think that this will continue in the future. There was a lot to this prank that you have to unravel to really understand how it worked. But I don't think people are going to walk into a normal Payless store and think they're getting luxury quality shoes. Ludovica, any negative on Payless from this? No, I think they have all to gain from this stunt. They did an incredible job. Um, You know, I think the whole setup was just so smart because there's so many new luxury Italian shoe brands coming up every day. I'm sure you've heard of some famous ones like Mjemi. They're everywhere. And so it it was very plausible that this new brand was coming up and they did this pop-up store and invited fashion influencers to give feedback on the shoes. So there was absolutely no negative on Payless. They did an incredible execution too. the location they picked, the way the store was set up, um, the way they filmed it, the way they, they highlighted the shoes themselves, uh, you know, hiding the original brand and just putting this very clean black and white logo. Um, they did a fantastic job on from Payless perspective. You mentioned all the different uh, aspects to this, Ludovica, and, and I, I, one of the ones, and obviously they had a, a, a big social media component to this, but you mentioned the, the location that they picked and the fact that it was a former Armani store that they picked. So to a degree, there was probably an expectation of of these influencers that were coming into the show is well if they're in a former Armani store it's got to be you know a pretty good high end store Absolutely, right? So they picked this old Armani store in one of LA's most upscale shopping malls that has brands like Louis Vuitton, like Michael Kors or Barney's or Tiffany's, and they rented the space for six days. And so you would think that from a branding perspective, only a brand of that caliber could fit there. And so that's why it was so smart, because why would you ever suspect that those shoes were from, you know, a cheap low-end shoe uh, company uh, if they could afford to launch... uh, uh, this new brand in this incredible place. 
But Barbara, this is interesting to me because of of the term influencer, and obviously it's a it's a it's an important one in the the social media world that that we all kind of live in right now. And the fact that the expectation is you can bring you know ten people, fifteen people that are pretty well known on the internet, invite them to a place, and be able to get them to think that oh my God, this Bruno Palessi is going to be the next great shoe designer in America. Well, I think you have to be very careful about it because if you think about luxury and what luxury means, it's not only the product, the design, it is also the experience. So in fact, they did offer a luxury experience. As Ludo commented, the store wasn't a luxury street, a luxury area. The store was beautifully set up. It wasn't a cluttered pay less like it normally is where there's tons of shoes everywhere. Each shoe was specially displayed. Uh, so there was there was some luxury to the event. Now, the, the thing about it is the quality of the shoes, you know, a luxury brand usually has higher quality shoes. That's something that may or may not be easy to discern for these fashionistas. So I think that the fact that you could bring them in and convince them isn't so surprising. It wasn't that they brought them into a, a normal old store and said these are special shoes. They brought right. them into a luxury environment. And there's two things you were saying there. One is whether or not they can be fooled, and the other is whether just a handful of influences could generate this much noise. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> well, yeah. then I guess it, it plays on the old line, Barbara, less is more. When you set up a store that has a few items and it's set up in the right location, you can draw that type of attention. I guess, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Ludovica? Oh, I couldn't agree more, right? If you look at most um, retail locations for high-end brands, they look like that, right? The products are sparsely placed around the store. Uh, There's, you know, some decoration. They had winged statues and these gold mannequins. So they really tried to take the essence of what a luxury experience is in store and recreate it in a new location that had this allure already because of the other stores that were in the shopping mall. And then they just placed the product smartly within this context to really give this impression that it was a luxury experience. So I agree with Barbara. I'm sure it must have been hard to discern that these were, you know, $19.99 shoes. Is there, Barbara, is there kind of a a, a historical context to, to that kind of mindset when you're talking about luxury? Well, I mean, luxury is a, a, a something that it's not just a price-quality relationship. Luxury is something that has legacy, that has story, that has narrative, that has customer experience. And they were trying to build all of that into the store experience for these fashionistas. The thing that they couldn't determine, and they couldn't determine it that quickly, I don't know what the quality of the shoes were. I don't know what they were made of. But one of the things of better quality product is that it lasts for a long time. You certainly can't determine that right away when you're looking at the shoe. So you're using some of these other cues to determine whether or not you're getting a good quality product. So there's some things that when you make a luxury purchase, it's kind of a leap of faith. You think that Mm -hmm. you will have a product for a long time. You think if something goes wrong, the service will be there to make sure it's replaced. All of that was implicitly promised, but clearly not delivered. Ludovica? Yeah, I agree. And if you think about it, I mean, Payless serves a very specific kind of customer, even though they, uh, by their own saying over the last few years, they've had this more uh, aspirational look. If you if you look at their styles, they try to be very fashionable, very on point. But at the end of the day, you know, when you purchase that $19 shoe, that it's going to be good for a few months or maybe a year. But honestly, you don't care because 
the price tag associated with it gives that cue uh, itself. Right. And so I think that uh, I agree with Barbara. If they had you know, been given the shoe and then said, told nothing about them in the long run, I'm pretty sure they would have noticed that the product was not a high-end luxury product. But there and then, again, with all the cues coming from the experience, um, impossible to tell that those were not high-end shoes. Well, I, I, but I, I would think that, and uh, sorry, uh, ladies, I am not one that shops for high-end women's shoes very often, uh, <laughs> is the fact that I, I would think that if you go to a store, you are looking at that shoe, Ludovica, and, and looking to see quality in terms of experience you may have had with other pairs of shoes in the past. I know that I do that a little bit with men's shoes. Definitely. But there and then, uh, again, think of the environment you're in, right? They were told, these influencers were told that this was a new luxury brand and that they were uh, called in to give some feedback on the yeah. shoe. And again, the shoes are incredibly stylish. Like Payless makes it it's something that they pride themselves in, that they do follow the latest fashion trends and they do provide these uh, high uh, fashion content shoes at a reasonable price. And so, of course, the material is not going to be the same as a, as a Ferragamo, but they there and then, when you look at the shoe, if the you know the heel is a stiletto and the point is nicely rounded, um, those cues in that environment would still signal luxury, uh, even to expert eyes like the influencers. And, and let me just say, I mean, what I agree with what Ludo's saying. I think there's something else going on here. This this is true in any kind of consumer behavior. I actually studied yeah. this in consumer packaged goods. Your perceptions really frame your expectation of the quality. So even in normal old mundane products like soup or juice, the taste of the product is influenced by the packaging. So essentially what Payless is doing here is a very fancy packaging that's yeah. clouding the judgment of the consumer in evaluating quality. And we know that this is something that's going to happen in every single product category. So it's a very astute uh, expectation of consumer behavior. And you don't want to necessarily generalize that everybody's being taken advantage of right. and they're mm -hmm. buying products that aren't high quality. And, and let me interject this, Barbara, because you mentioned the packaging. And I guess in this instance, the packaging takes a variety of different forms, the shoes themselves, the location, uh, you know, there, there are several elements that play into what you would call packaging, correct? Yes. It's not only the store, the design is little described. She described all of that stuff that were definitely all the cues for luxury. But remember, it's also a social environment. You're not even in the store by yourself. They invited mm -hmm. other people in. So now you're looking, I'm not going to be the one who says this is a hoax. Look, they say <laughs> it must be real. So there's also that kind of influence. We know social influence is very strong. We know packaging is very strong. We know the experience can really influence it. And, and actually, you know, I don't think that's bad as a consumer behavior expert. I think that what you're buying, all of that. You're buying like fun with your friends. You're buying yeah. a really nice in-store experience and you're buying a pair of shoes. Ludovica? Yeah, and I agree. And that's why I don't think that luxury brands are going to be upset about this. Because think about it. I mean, everybody knows that luxury is overpriced. But there's something that comes with that price tag. And it's not just an incredibly high-quality product. Like Barbara was saying, there's something about the way you feel when you walk into a luxury store. And the way they package the product in the bag with the tissue paper and the ribbons and the way they give it to you. Right? There's something incredibly gratifying about that included in that price tag. So even if this was a fantastic stunt, um, going back to where we started, I don't think it's going to have long-lasting 
amazing effect because have you ever walked into a Payless shoe store <laughs> store? It looks nothing like that, right? Yeah. There's nothing pleasant about it. Like it's overcrowded and the shoes are just kind of randomly placed. So again, great stunt. They got a ton of earned media for it, but I don't think it's going to translate into long-term um, associations change for the brand. The only thing that could translate into long-term associations was what you said earlier, Ludo. I think it's a very interesting thing that you have noticed over time, Payless has been doing higher design products yes. so that if it could be shown like in an instantaneous moment when these people are in the store with all these other trappings, they believe the design is possibly luxury design. Mm -hmm. If that message got communicated in the media, that I do think would be very useful for Payless. Would this also, uh, to a degree, change the mindset, Barbara, of the company to their stores and, and how they approach the layout of their stores? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen because mm -hmm. they're going after a different consumer. They are going after the price-sensitive price consumer. Yeah. Right. And the price-sensitive consumer likes the treasure hunt. They yeah. like the fact that they yeah. walk into a store that's a price store. They can discern which shoes are good and which shoes aren't. That's the success of TJ Maxx and Burlington and Ross. And Payless isn't quite the same as TJ Maxx on that, but I think people take great pride in walking in to a pay less and walking out with fantastic shoes for a cheap price. I don't think they're going to change that. Ludovica, they, I'll have you answer that as well, but they, they still don't want to have that fight when they go go into the pay less shoe store if you're trying to get one particular size and one particular design. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree with Barbara. I don't think they're going to change. But if they can incorporate this fashionable aspect to their design, I think that's going to be winning, yes. uh, a winning strategy for them. Because, uh, honestly, I own two pairs of Payless shoes because they were incredibly uh, different than the shoes I would, you know, pay a lot of money for that I wear every day to work. They were, you know, very uh, different and unique and had uh, interesting colors and shapes. And I'm like, well, these I could wear, for example, to this party I'm going to. And so I am willing to spend those $20, $30 for that specific, very fashionable, very different shoe um, because it's going to say something about, you know, me being, quote unquote, in the know of what is fashionable right now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. and, but again, I study luxury. So for me, this is easier to process. But <laughs> If they translate this into a more mainstream and more mass communication, I think this would be incredibly winning for them. Yeah, let me just comment on that. I think they're trying to get at what's going on in the TJ Maxx, Ross, and Burlington strategies. Those stores are known for very, very deep discounts, but they are yeah. also known for following the trends. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're not they're not leftover shoes. They're shoes that are in the know that are really special deals if you have the right eye. I don't think Payless had that image before. Right. And if yeah. this stunt helps develop that image, then it's a home run. Mm -hmm. We're joined by Barbara Kahn here of the Wharton School, Ludovica Cesario of Lehigh University. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney, L-O-N-E-Y 21. What are your thoughts on the, the prank that Payless Shoe Source pulled on uh, these fashionistas, on these influencers out in Los Angeles? telling them or at least making them believe that they were buying high-end shoes when they were actually buying shoes that you could find at a Payless shoe source. 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. It is, I guess to a degree, Ludovica, it is, 
it is kind of a new world where fashion is concerned because of the digital impact that that a lot of these quote-unquote influencers have and the fact that so many people follow them and they follow them intently as well absolutely there's you know some of the latest stats say that 86 percent of women look uh turn to social media before making any kind of purchase and they specifically turn to these influencer accounts who are they're just opinion leaders right they're individuals who have very high cultural capital in a specific domain and they give their opinions about products and so it made sense for the for Payless to use this, especially in this digital world where everything is passing through your Instagram account, to include these influencers in this prank and have them become the vehicle for their message. Because, of course, all of them, I, I don't know if you've seen the video, but in now the advertisements that they've aired on television, they just show very few seconds of the store in the beginning, and then they show the reactions of the influencers once they're told that it's Payless. And it's utter shock, right? They're like, wait, how? How is this a $19 shoe? And so you know that those influencers have posted on their account uh, of the prank itself. And so that is how it became, you know, a, a phenomenon in the digital world. Barbara? Yeah, no, that's really interesting, the whole social media aspect of it and how they did it. And they made something surprising, emotional, and so therefore it's much more likely to be posted. I think another thing that's interesting about this, which is outside of Payless's um, motivation, but I still think it's interesting, is the fact that this was a retail experience that happened in L.A. Los mm -hmm. Angeles has been the center of a lot of very interesting new retail plays in order to compete with the digital world. So Nike's opened up the Nike local store there. Nordstrom's been playing around with a lot of different types of showrooms there. Now Payless did this. This is kind of the idea. You never know what's going to happen when you walk into a store. A physical store is a different type of retail experience. So I think it's also drumming up some publicity for the different kinds of fun things that can happen in a physical store, which is you're not going to see this kind of stuff happening online as easily. Was this? Add, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Let me just add to that. So it's the reason why digitally native brands are now opening physical stores, whether it's a temporary pop-up store or a more flagship store. Think of, you know, the Warby Parkers or the Alvords yeah. of the world. They were purely digital players, but now they're going offline because they want to give this seamless omni-channel experience. And because, like Barbara was saying, there's so much more you can do in a physical store when you're literally interacting with customers who can then post about it and take it back to the digital world. And the other thing that they're trying to do with this, especially Payless, you think about the name, it's all, it's been about price, price, price. Right. And what mm -hmm. you really want to do is get value, value, value. And so right. here, they're giving you this experience, they're convincing fashionistas that at least the design is worthy of a second look. And so even though you know you're getting good price, you now think you're getting more. Do you think yeah. that? Do you think, Barbara, that they gain customers in the end long term because of this stunt? Well, you never know. I mean, like I said, there's two things you want to get. The first thing you want to get is build awareness. And Payless has been in the news for very bad reasons recently. A yeah. lot of stores closing down. It's yeah. been seen but bankruptcy, you know, that kind of stuff. That's all been negative press. This is really turning the press around, and maybe it will get people. I mean, after I hear what Ludovica says, who she's a luxury expert, she said she bought two pairs of Payless. For me, <laughs> that convinces me I'm going to go check out that store. <laughs> See, you've, you've, Ludovica, See, you've, you you've produced another customer for them. Good job by you. <laughs> 
what, you. What are your What are your thoughts? Will Will Payless gain customers because of this type of a of a play? And then part of it, obviously, is waiting to see now that this story is out, uh, waiting to see what these commercials actually are. Yeah, so I honestly think I watched the whole video, the, the video of the whole stunt, uh, which is incredibly charming. I'm not sure that you get the exact same feeling when you watch like the, the 15 or 30 second version of the television ads I've seen, yeah. uh, just because it's more complicated to explain this, you know, gigantic stunt in 15 seconds. So I think they're going to get more bang for their buck from their online videos, from the digital experience. Uh, but ultimately, I don't know. I mean, again, this goes back to whether they can effectively communicate the fashionable item of their the fashionable component of their product because i don't think that you know people who typically spend a lot of money on shoes are now all of a sudden going to go to pay less but if you can correctly convey that they are very trendy and they do follow the latest fashion trends some consumers will buy like i did like maybe one two pairs but i consistently go back just to see you know what have they quote unquote copied now from the runways that i can buy for twenty dollars and just wear for one or two occasions. Right, and and it's part of the reason why we have, uh, I guess to a degree, a, a kind of a knockoff industry to begin with because people want to have this perception of having something really nice, but at times they don't want to have to spend all of the money on it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, 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 the most important reason why the counterfeit industry exists. But not even counterfeit as in phony, but think of even just like fast fashion from Zara to H&M to Forever 21. They can like continuously emulate designs of the latest runways from the highest end brands uh, because that's what consumers want, but they often don't want to pay or can't pay the price tag associated with that. And so I think Payless has been doing that, but nobody was really aware of it. And with this stunt, they've really put that front and center. Like, we are incredibly fashionable at a very reasonable price. Barbara? Yeah. Yeah, I think that if they get new business from them, it'll come from two segments. One, I don't think it'll come from the luxury segment. I don't think those people are going to start shopping Payless. But I do think the younger, uh, let's call them not quite, don't have as much money, but who are into design and fashion, this may open their eyes to Payless as a place to go or at least to try out. The other thing that will be interesting is if they did bring in influential fashionistas into that store that do have good social media accounts, I'm curious to see what they do long term. If they now, because they were fooled, they start going to the store more and maybe posting more, mm -hmm. there may be a long term effect to that you know, to that publicity if the influencers are willing to take it you know, to the next level. I guess the other question is, Ludovica, is that could another company basically do the same thing? Now that Payless has has done this and taken it to this extent. I'm not sure, right? This was genius because it had never really been done before. Nobody had really pranked influencers to this degree. The right. only other case I have found is Lenovo trying to enter the gaming uh, computer market in Denmark did something similar. But again, not nearly as exciting as, you know, fake luxury shoes. So it didn't really get a lot of press. Uh, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, I think people are now more jaded about it, and I'm not sure it's going to be as effective as this stunt was if somebody tries to replicate that. Barbara? The other thing is, you, and this is, they, you have to have the goods to deliver. Payless had shoes that were fashionable that they didn't feel like they were getting enough attention for. If you're just, you know, the 5 and 10 or some of these other shoes and they're just 
you know, pedestrian workable shoes, you're not going to be able to pull something off like this. So it, the point was that Payless believed they did have design shoes at a really good price, and people were judging them by the price and not by the design. So they took a chance, and it worked. Yeah. Great having you both with us. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Ludovica. We look forward to catching up with you again down the road. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Barbara Kahn from here at the Wharton School, professor of marketing, who, as we mentioned, you also here as the co-host of uh, Marketing Matters here on uh, Sirius XM 132, and also Ludovica Cesario, who's an assistant professor of marketing at Lehigh University. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.